sermon text is the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 13, verses 22 to 30. Jesus went on his way from one town and village to another, teaching and making his way to Jerusalem. Someone said to him, Lord, are only a few going to be saved? He said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able. Once the master of the house gets up and shuts the door, you will begin to stand outside and knock on the door, saying, Lord, open for us. He will tell you in reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will begin to say, We ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. And he will say, I don't know where you come from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown outside. People will come from east and west, from north and south, and will recline at the table in the kingdom of God. And note this, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. The Gospel of our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Throughout this season of Pentecost, we've been following Jesus, watching him, listening to him. We follow Jesus into the home of a man named Simon, where a woman showed much love for Jesus because he forgave the many sins. We listen as St. Peter confessed that Jesus is the Christ of God, and then Jesus tells his followers to take up their cross daily and follow him. We watch Jesus send out 72 missionaries to all the towns and villages we watched as Jesus pressed on even when a group of Samaritans tried to hold him up. We listened to Jesus tell the story of the Good Samaritan, visit another home, sisters, Mary and Martha, teach us how to pray, and over the last couple of weeks teach us to rest our hearts in the heavenly kingdoms that we live in this world without fear or greed or worry. So for all of this following of Jesus, Everything we've been watching him do and hear him say, it's very kind of St. Luke to remind us all this time where we have been following Jesus to. He went on his way from one town and village to another, teaching and making his way to Jerusalem. Now today, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus is going to hear a question that cuts right to the heart of the purpose of this journey. Someone said to him, Lord, are only a few going to be saved? Jesus is going to Jerusalem to save people. He's going to Jerusalem to reach the finish line, the holy life that he lives for all people. And he's going to Jerusalem to sacrifice that perfect life on the cross, to take away the sins of the whole world. He's going to Jerusalem to save us from death by rising from the grave on Easter morning. This journey to Jerusalem is all about salvation. So now Jesus gets a question that goes right to the heart of his journey. A question about salvation. Will only a few people be saved? Whew, hooray. A simple yes or no question, right? All we have to do is listen to Jesus give a one-word answer and then prepare to rise and confess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. This should be quick and easy. Except that Jesus chooses to answer this yes or no question, will only a few be saved, with an answer that is really neither yes nor 
So the answer Jesus gives says, who will be saved, how many will be saved, depends on each individual entering through the narrow door of Christ through faith in him. And who will enter through that narrow door, who will be saved in the end, is generally not who you would expect to fit through the narrow door and be saved. See, in Israel, during Jesus' ministry, there was a debate among the religious leaders. And it's fascinating that Christian theologians are still debating the same question today. The same question is still alive and well, 2,000 years later, which is, will all Israelites be saved just because they are Israelites? In other words, is there such a thing as salvation by association? Will people be saved just because they have Abraham's blood, Abraham's DNA in their body? And to that question, there is a very simple yes or no answer. The answer is no. Now, very often in Scripture, heaven is pictured as a celebration, specifically a wedding banquet that lasts forever. And Jesus often pictures himself as the gate or the door through which you enter that eternal banquet of heaven and celebrate his victory forever. Here, Jesus specifically refers to himself as a narrow door. This is the kind of door that a big group of people or a whole nation cannot crowd through all at once. Crowds cannot get through the narrow door into heaven. In fact, you can't even fit through a narrow door like this with one other person, shoulder to shoulder. The door is narrow, one at a time. Each individual person enters the kingdom of heaven one at a time through their personal, individual faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. The door is narrow, one at a time. That means there is no such thing as salvation by association. You don't get saved because you're part of some group that appears close to God. You're not going to get into heaven in some giant clump of Israeliteness or any other kind of group or nation or association. The door is narrow, one at a time, fits through, through their personal faith in Jesus Christ. Now that means there's going to be an awful lot of people who you would expect to see at the heavenly banquet who are not going to be in there. They were in a group or a nation that appeared to be very close to God, but in the end, They'll be shut out because personally they did not trust in Jesus. Listen to what he says. Make every effort to enter through the narrow door because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able. Once the master of the house gets up and shuts the door, you will begin to stand outside and knock on the door saying, Lord, open for us. He will tell you in reply, I don't know who you are or where you come from. Then you will begin to say, We ate and drank in your presence and you taught on our streets. And he will say, I don't know where you come from. Depart from me, all you evil things. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown outside. So during Jesus' ministry, there were all these people in Israel who thought that salvation was automatically, irrevocably theirs because they belonged to the nation of Israel by blood in their veins. And Jesus tells them here, no. Whether you fit through the narrow door of heaven depends on whether you believe in me. Whether you are personally connected to me by faith. The door is narrow. One at a time enters. 
And this means we should be careful. The right question to start with is not how many will be saved, will it be a lot or a few? The right question for me to start with is will I be saved? And the answer to that question depends on my personal, individual faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of my sins. Now, I don't think anybody here would be tempted to think they're going to be saved because they belong to a particular nation or they have a certain kind of blood in their veins. But this idea of salvation by association because I'm in a group is pretty pesky and it's dangerous. You might think, well, I'll be okay because I, I come from a Christian family, right? I'll be okay when I get to the narrow door because I belong to a Christian church, right? A group of Christians. Or I'll be okay because I'm, I'm part of this group that supports a Christian ministry or a Christian charity. Uh-uh. One at a time. The door is narrow. One at a time enters through their own individual faith in Jesus Christ. Being a member of a Christian family, part of a group, is not going to save you. Being a member of a Christian congregation is not going to save you. One at a time enters through the narrow door. Here Jesus is warning Israelites, people who thought they were part of a particular nation, people who appeared close to God because they were in this group. I mean, whoever appeared closer to God than the nation, the group of Israelites, as Paul said in his letter to the Romans, God sent them the prophets of the Old Testament. He gave them the Old Testament scripture, the priesthood, the worship that foreshadowed the Savior. And then, after giving them all the promises of the Savior, he sent them the Savior himself. And they got to walk with Jesus in the streets. They got to see the Son of God face to face and listen to him preach. Whoever looked closer to God than that, but only those who believed in Jesus. And he gives some wonderful examples of that. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets. Only they enter through the narrow door. Everyone else, in the end, is shut out. And Jesus makes it clear here, once the master of the banquet gets up and closes the door, it's too late. There are no second chances on this. You get as long as your life in this world or until Jesus comes back, fit through your personal trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Now here, Jesus is warning Israelites because an Israelite asks this question. He tells them, don't think just because you're a member of Israel that you're going to get through the narrow door. And it's true, there will be a lot of Israelites on the outside because they didn't believe. But they'll have plenty of Gentile company, too. There'll be plenty of Gentiles on the last day who'll be saying things like, but Lord, I knew you. I was baptized. I went to a Christian church, but they didn't know him by faith. So, there will be unpleasant surprises who is not in the wedding banquet, but it won't just be Israelites. It'll be Gentiles, too. People who looked close to God, who were part of a group that did not know him by faith. So, we need to listen to our Savior carefully when he tells us, strive to enter through the narrow door. A translation we used to use here at Trinity probably had this a little bit better. It said, make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Now, if you are a, a good little Lutheran, it's possible that it makes you squirm a little bit to hear your Savior Jesus tell you to strive to make every effort to enter through him into the kingdom of heaven. Well, if it makes you uncomfortable to hear Jesus say that, this next thing is going to make you even more uncomfortable. 
because the verb that Jesus uses for strive or make every effort, this is a very vivid, vigorous verb. This is the word for wrestlers grappling. It's the word for soldiers training in full gear. Those are activities that take a lot of work, intense effort. And so does entering through the narrow door of Jesus into the kingdom of heaven. Now, having your sins taken away, having your sins forgiven, that takes zero effort, zero work on your part. Jesus did all of that for you. When he sat on the cross, it is finished. That is true. All of your sins were washed away forever. Coming to faith <coughs> also requires zero Zero effort on your part. Coming to faith in Jesus is the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit, and it is his work all by himself. But scripture also says this, and this is where Jesus' words here fit. Once you come to faith in Jesus, it takes work. You have to use the things that the Holy Spirit uses to keep your faith in Jesus strong and violent until the day when you reach that narrow door. You have to use the love of Christ and God's word and receive it in Jesus' supper so that the Holy Spirit will keep your faith alive. You, by yourself, reach the narrow door. And that does take work. That does take effort to remain in Jesus' love. You have to fight. You have to struggle against your own sinful nature that wants your, your focus and your attention on anything, anything and everything else other than Jesus' love. And you have to fight. You have to make every effort against an unbelieving world that wants your focus and your attention everywhere other than Jesus and his love. It is a struggle. It takes work, effort, to maintain a faith in Christ, to use his love and word and sacrament. And this, by the way, this is where being a part of a Christian family is a good thing. This is where having a Christian church is important. You don't want to try to do this on your own. We Christians need each other in our families and in our churches to encourage, to support each other in using Jesus' love and hearing his love and his word so that we make every effort together. And when we see somebody starting to slip, we encourage them to get back into the love of Christ. And when we see someone doing well, we congratulate them and tell them to keep going, making every effort in Jesus' love. We do need each other for this. When you get to the narrow door, it's you with no coattails to hang on to. But in the meantime, we need each other to support and encourage one another. More than anything else, we need the encouragement of our Savior. And He gives us great strength. He says this, People will come from east and west, from north and south, and will recline at the table in the kingdom of God. So yeah, there are going to be some unpleasant surprises when it comes to who is not at the wedding banquet. A lot of people who looked close to God, who were in a group that were close to God, are not going to be in there. But Jesus also tells us there are going to be a lot of pleasant surprises at the wedding banquet. The last the people who appeared to be so far away from God. People who lived on the other side of the planet from Jesus. 500 years or a millennium or two after Jesus walked on this earth. But he died for their sins too. Because he died for the sins of the whole world. And the good news of Jesus' salvation reached their ears. The Spirit brought them to faith and God gave them strength. To make every effort to remain in Christ until the end. So on the last day, you're going to have people from all over the world, from every time.
time, filing through that door one at a time into the wedding bed. That is going to be a most beautiful, pleasant surprise in the kingdom of heaven. And I think this is why Jesus does not answer that original question with a simple yes or no. It will be one at a time through the door of faith in Christ. But one plus one plus one plus one of people all over the world everywhere is going to add up to a lot. In his revelation, St. John says it will be more than anyone can do. And what a sight that will be at the heavenly banquet. God shows us amazing grace and gift of his son. Jesus is going to Jerusalem, and he's going to get there. And he is going to live that perfect life for us right up to his dying breath. And when Jesus dies on the cross, all of our sins die in the eyes of God. When Jesus rises on Easter, we get our own resurrection on the last day. And God keeps showing amazing grace because he sends his Holy Spirit with that good news of Christ to call people from all over the world, the last, the people who look so far away from God to faith in his Son. And by the way, the last who are made first by God, that includes you and me. Jesus says, some are last who will be first. By the grace of God, that's us. So, Dear fellow, last, who are not first, keep up your struggle. Make every effort to remain in Jesus' love, to enter through that narrow door until the day when one at a time we file in to the wedding banquet, the last God has made first in his Son together, celebrating the Jesus' banquet for eternity. Amen.